All right, you're now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 274. Drew is back from Tokyo, and we are ready to drop a bomb of a podcast. The Clipper curse is real. Kawhi is out for game three, and I'm losing my shit. We're going to break down round one of the playoffs. Draymond suspended for game three, and we have some travel hacks in case you ever go to Japan. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. We're back. Drop that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 274. I've been so excited. To finally get a podcast, Drew is back from the other side of the world. He had his his Tokyo honeymoon. If you guys follow yep. Drew, you saw this guy ate chicken wings all through the continent. Of, <laughs> I found I found a lot of chicken wings. It found, was good. Yeah. You, you had different shapes and sizes and varieties and different. <laughs> is, is it duck? Is it chicken? We, what is it? Drew, let us know everything he was eating. Um, yep. You've missed so much stuff, Drew, and we have a lot to catch up on. <laughs> especially what happened today. Today is, what is today, Drew? Thursday, 420. I have no Shout idea. Out to, no to, idea today, what day it is. Today's Thursday, 420. Shout out to all the stoners out there. Put one in the air for your boys, Clips and Drew. Uh, but we have a lot to go over, Drew. But first things first, how was Tokyo? How was the trip? Uh, let, fill us in. Man, it was a hell of a trip. And uh, I know you're, you're mentioning Tokyo. Tokyo was one of the places that we went to. We spent uh, seven days in Tokyo. Uh, three days in Hakone, mm. just south of Tokyo, uh, kind of nestled up next to Mount Fuji. Heard it's great in the springtime. Spent, it is great in the springtime. And then we spent four days in Kyoto um, before popping off to Hawaii to just literally slept. I just like slept like six, 16 hours a day in Hawaii. It was I barely saw. I don't think I took more than 100 steps in Hawaii. But anyway, the trip around <laughs> Japan was phenomenal i that was a word uh, my wife kept telling me it's like you you're saying phenomenal a lot it's a good word it's a great yeah word. and i was like that's that's the only word that encapsulates what's happening here uh it, it, it's a it's an amazing amazing country uh thank god for their subway system and their train system that has english writing uh or else we would have gotten lost uh, all over the place but um I, it was a, it was a trip of a lifetime clips. I don't know if if I'll ever have the good fortune of going back to that country. I would love to to go back and and revisit and uh, spend more time in Tokyo and Hakone was incredible as well. Um, just an hour and a half south of of Tokyo by train. Uh, highly recommend that place. But yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where um, it kind of felt surreal. You know, you're you're in this whole it's completely different place. I will say that. Where where our hotel was 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 a lot like uh, the Beverly Hills of 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 Tokyo cool. uh, in Ginza. It was like all the all the top tier shops, right? Like Louis Vuitton. I don't know all the Dior, like all, any any of the designer stuff that you would want to go shopping at was was around the corner from our hotel. And we didn't splurge. It's we were not staying at the Four Seasons Tokyo. We were not staying at the Ritz Carlton. We stayed at a nice hotel, but it wasn't, you know, I didn't think we were smack dab in the middle of the richest part of the entire country. I'm talking clips, 10 to 15 Ferraris. Mm. Anytime you look around, 
They love the Ferrari. They love the Lamborghini uh, SUV there. Uh, but the number one car that I saw the most of was the Mercedes G-Wagon. Oh, yeah. The Japanese people love the Mercedes G-Wagon. It is everywhere. And only two Teslas. That's how rich of an area. We, we were in the area that was so rich, they didn't even give a shit about gas prices or electric cars. They're like, no, no, no. Uh, fill up the V12 Ferrari. Because I, I got two go Teslas shopping. outside my window right now. Like, I'm I looking at two Teslas. I, I, it, Kyoto, Kyoto had a lot more of the Teslas because I think it was in that, like, middle class, upper middle class area where they actually care about spending money on gas but anyway man the food was phenomenal i did chronicle a lot of what i ate um and and it was uh was everything that i would were, hope were for. you as large as people uh as you thought you were going to be out there because yeah. one of the funny things that i noticed was you walking through doorways like you are a seven footer but you are six four i was mentioning like yo like you're a big dude but you're not gigantic you know what i mean you're not a right. seven footer but over no. there you had mentioned they had to go to the back to get you your own kimono. They didn't. They they didn't have your size. What was going on with that? <laughs> Nowhere had my size. Uh, and the funny thing is too. So you're right. I'm six foot four, and I'm probably you know at this point I'm probably about two fifty if I'm being real. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely a bigger guy. And and there I am. I think I'm the maximum height to just be able to be somewhat comfortable existing. Any any taller than me. Even even six five, like an inch taller than me, it just becomes exponentially harder to do anything. So like the subway station, getting on the train, I had to duck. Right, getting into most doorways, you have to duck. The toilets, uh, getting into 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 the bathrooms, they are narrow. These bathrooms are narrow things. So this is a thickness test here as well. Uh, it <laughs> it was certainly an experience that I I would not recommend if you are if yeah if you're six five or above. Just just like just know you're going to leave with some souvenirs the way that I did in the forms of bumps and bruises on your head, your knees, my elbows, my shoulders. I got I got bruises all up and down my body and my head, especially uh, in Hakone, dude, I hit my head 10 times on the doorways in our ho in our hotel room. And they were the same door. You know, those doorways don't move, bro. Right. And I, I kept that's I your kept, fault. Then I kept being like, oh, I got it. I got it. And then boom. So, um, yeah, I would say the, the funny part about it is that. You know, uh, the the general population is obviously a lot shorter than than I'm used to in America. So I did stand out six four. It felt like I was almost a seven footer. But I don't know, like you know, because there is a basketball league in Japan. I don't know how these guys that are six six ten six nine six ten, uh, especially seven. I, I don't understand how they get around. They must have to take a, a taxi or, or get a drive everywhere because the public transit system they. I, I, they couldn't even stand up straight for a little bit. It would be like living in a, in a coach plane, uh, for, for, for the entirety of your time there. So yeah, it was, and you got was, to meet up tough, with one of our, you got to meet up with the homie out there with MAB ball. Uh, a I guy did, that, Michi, I, our guy, I, I did. He got to show me around like the most famous pickup basketball court in Tokyo, which was a surprise. Uh, and shout out to, to Michi. He was, fantastic what a great guy he is um and surprisingly enough he hit me up and was like because he doesn't live in tokyo proper he lives just a little bit north um he said about an hour north uh, uh by train and uh so he just hit me up and he was like dude are you gonna be in town on sunday i said yes and we linked up we were able to, to meet up with him and and he gave us a great recommendation for lunch uh but before that took casey and i around 
um, Yoyogi Park, very close to Yoyogi Park in that portion of Tokyo, like kind of like northwest, I think, if you will, maybe just west, but a little bit northwest of downtown-ish Tokyo. And um, it the clips the court was packed. This is the cool part about Japan is that there's not many basketball courts, right? Like I could I could probably count on uh, on one hand the number of basketball courts that I saw, and I and I saw two of them at this place <laughs> with, with Mishi, our guy. Uh, but the courts were packed, bro. Uh, and I and I and full five on fives running on both sides, and people waiting. You know, it was it was it brought it brought memories back to when I used to play pickup basketball. I was thinking about lacing them up for a second because we were we were close to uh, Nike Town or uh, the, the Nike store. And uh, the, this goes back to my size, though. Shoes, they don't have they don't have size thirteen US. They do not carry that and 13's size. And 13's like standard here. 13's 13 is usually the top. If you go into any store, you say 13, they go, yeah, we probably have one for mm-hmm. you. If you go 14 or above, they go, no, you got to order that shit. There, it's not even close. And <laughs> anything like as far as clothing, apparel that I wanted to wear was uh, hilarious. I am I am firmly in the triple XL portion of the Japanese sizing. Double X, I made the mistake of buying a double X shirt at this one place called uh, Gora Brewery because I just love I love their shit in in Gora, and I'm like he's like it's double X. I'm like dude, bag it up. It's gonna be fine. Mid-drift. I got back to the hotel and it was like a large dude. <laughs> oh no, oh no. Uh, so anyway, uh, you know that might be that might be uh, a Christmas gift for somebody. Might be a Christmas up. gift for somebody. Yeah, <laughs> what about totally. basketball? Like, uh, could you get? I I know you got to you missed a few games, and I was blaming it on you traveling. But from what you told me, like you can't even watch the basketball games. Like yeah, you missed so a lot of stuff, Drew. I missed I missed a fair chunk of things. Uh, the nice part is, I, from what I could tell, I, I missed the furious finish to the last whatever two or three regular season games in the plan. So I, I which was awesome. All of those things were very vital for the Western Conference and mm-hmm. for our two teams, of course. Um, but the the game that that haunts me is the is I was up and available. I was like 11 a.m. Tokyo time to watch the Lakers and Clippers game, uh, the last matchup of the regular season which was a pivotal game uh, that that I found out the Clippers ended up winning. Uh, I get to the hotel and this is where I'm like, I'm fired up. Like my wife is not happy that I'm going to be doing this because it's our second day in Tokyo. She's like, you're not going to watch this whole game. I said, I don't care. Just let me watch as much of it as I can before we have to go do our whatever thing we're going to go do. Our honeymoon thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I just one game is like Clippers. Like I'm like, come on, babe. Like it, it's it's 11. We're going back to the room anyway. Uh, so she goes, fine. I pull out my laptop. I'm like, let me get into uh, NBA.com. Nope, nothing. ESPN, nothing. TNT, nothing. NBA app on my phone, nothing. I go to my Cox uh, cable subscription where I can pop in and watch that shit. Nothing. Zero American sports channels work in Japan. Zero. So I was unable to watch that very important game as well as all the rest of the important games that took place, including the play-in game, including uh, some of the things that I saw that stood out to me was was the Rudy Gobert Minnesota uh, blunder, uh, where Gobert punches Kyle Anderson, and then and then that leads to McDaniel's punching a wall. Unbelievable so meltdown! It they was- just completely they just completely lost the plot, <laughs> and some other things happened that were crazy. But I I didn't get to see any of it other than 
like a day later on uh, Instagram clips. I was so mad because this is clips being selfish, but like we had so much stuff to talk about and I wish you were not on this amazing honeymoon <laughs> because we did have that Clipper Laker game. We had the, the, the full on meltdown of Minnesota and then they yeah. vomited on themselves against the <laughs> Lakers. And it was just such a Minnesota breakdown. It even happened last night. Uh, the playing games to me, and I know we don't want to go too far back. And you know what else? As I promise you guys, we won't have another two-hour podcast. A lot of you guys hit me up, told you, told me it took four, five, six days to finish it. Well, you're welcome. Was, this is that was us doing them a favor, right? Because we I was going to be gone for two weeks, so you got something to munch on for a little while there. They had my my boyfriend hit me up. He he listens to us while he walks his dog. He's all, dude. It took me 17 dog walks to finish that episode. So we left them with something, but. You know, those playing games, and I kind of made a joke on our page how I said the playing games were better than March Madness for me. Well, I did. And people were upset. They're like, delete this, whatever. I love (laughs) NBA basketball. All right. And I really thought that those games were better than March Madness. And everybody was like, oh, well, you know, they thought I was completely wrong about it. I'm like, dude, it's my personal preference. You know, there's some people that love Halloween more than Christmas. Like, that's weird to me. You know what I'm saying? And March Madness yeah. to me is fun. It's it's great. But I love NBA basketball and those playing games were awesome, man. All of them that I watched. And now we're we're getting into the play like the 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 beginning of the playoffs. So we have a lot to talk about, Drew. And you know, before we get into you know everybody else that's going on, we have to talk about the Clippers, man. I'm sitting here <laughs> devastated once again. Five years of doing, six years of doing this show. Every single time at this time, it's always the same shit. And you know, about two hours ago, it came out that Kawhi's not playing in tonight's game three. And I just came home and I started playing. Uh, I started playing Green Day, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. <laughs> Because that's exactly what is happening right now, Drew. You do you want to oh, know where my Boulevard of Broken Dreams is, Drew? It's on one thousand. It's on eleven thousand one hundred and eleven South Figueroa Street. It's outside Crypto.com. It's outside Staples Center. That is my Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Because <laughs> I'm tired of this shit now, Drew. You know what? I'm 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 buying into the Clipper curse, and you know what? I'm even going to double down on the Clipper curse. We are the Clipper conjuring. Dude, this is a uh, curse now. I have nobody else to blame this on. All right, whether it's a curse. The, the, so you've gone oh, a whole 180 it, degree. It's true. I am because you know what? I'm done being extremely positive and being like the light, the shining light. They're trying to find <laughs> something, something good out of this whole situation. I'm blaming this all on this curse of Donald Sterling. It's the ghost of Donald Sterling selling okay. his soul to the basketball gods, to the Illuminati, to whatever it is, because nothing goes right. For the Clippers, you know, and we have this awesome, freaking awesome game one. I had my homie Paulie. Incredible uh, back, game one. I had Paulie, my neighbor, over. I had my top, uh, the guy that lives above me came over, doesn't even watch basketball. He heard of the commotion. He came over, watched the game with us. And it was so intense, so awesome. I, you know, I, I with all these mini podcasts that I've had without you, mini podcast meaning conversations with peers and friends <laughs> of basketball who want to talk. I'm the only guy, even going into this series, I said, look, even without Paul George, we match up really well against yep. these guys. I went in saying we can win this if we play Clipper basketball, right? Definitely. And I was doubling down on Russ. A lot of people, again, man, we've said it on the show. It's documented. I was very pro bringing Westbrook to the squad yes, for this were. 
fucking reason. All right. This guy has been there before. He plays his ass off. We saw it in the Laker game, in, in, in the play-in game. We saw it in game one. He was the X factor. He was the X factor in game two, even though we lost, but specifically that game one mm. coming out with a different mindset, coming out, blocking Kevin Durant, playing yes. his, his ass off. He shot horribly. The most, the most Russell Westbrook game you could possibly have three for 19, but this guy did everything you could possibly want. He set the tone early and then it showed everything on that final play against Booker. And I understand we're, we're a little late talking about it, but that play specifically, right? was a it was a was all Russell Westbrook. It was a clean yeah. block, clean block and then in true Devin Booker fashion is already complaining to the refs while the game's still going on and Russ throws it off of him. Game over. We win the game. I was That's so right. amped with that game, right? And that just proved to me, yeah, we we can beat these guys, right? So Oh yeah. Not to be long-winded on this, but then we go into game 2. Now look, Zubak had a really great Game one, right? 12 and 15. He looked mm-hmm. really good against DeAndre Ayton. De- he was too strong for DeAndre Ayton. Uh, KD was passive. Booker wasn't great. Their bench isn't nice, Drew. And I think we are way deeper than these guys. Now, way I, deeper, yes. In, in a conversation I had with my homie Mo before the series started, I said, as long as Tory Craig isn't giving us buckets every night, like I think we're going to be <laughs> fine. And Tory's been really good for, for, for Phoenix. Yes, he has. Yeah. So, I also didn't want to get too excited after game one, right? You never want to judge a series off of a, off of a game one, just ask Miami, you know what I mean? Which we'll talk about in a minute, (laughs) but adjustment adjustments are going to be made by both teams. Now what Phoenix does in game two is they want to bring Zubak out of the post, right? Deandre Ayton's got a a nice little Deandre Ayton doesn't like to touch anybody. He doesn't like to bang. He doesn't have a post game. What he does have is a, is a nice-looking 15-foot jumper. He's got a nice little floater, a little touch floater at the rim. And if you've watched NBA basketball for the past four years, you understand that in order to beat the Clippers, you got to bring you got to bring Zubak out of the paint and make him guard somebody. And that's what happened is in the drop coverage, uh, we didn't do well with that. Aiton got every bucket he wanted. A Booker was great. I'm not taking anything away from Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. KD was obviously KD. CP had another great game. We were up 13 at one point. I thought we could have won the game. I'm blaming it on my neighbor Paulie, who called me and said this series is over. And I said, Paulie, you're jinxing <laughs> me. And then they immediately went on like an 18 to 3 run and right, took over right. that game. Now, again, I'm not trying to be long-winded, but the way Kawhi Leonard has played these past two months, let's just say two months since mm. he's been in the lineup, if he's not the top three basketball player or the best basketball player in the past two months, I don't know who is. This guy has done everything possible on the offense and defensive end. He's hitting great shots. Uh, he yep. is so strong in the paint. The, 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 the way he's creating for other players to get these three-point shots. Eric Gordon's been great. Now, our issue is... Eric Gordon should should not be dribbling a basketball. All right. Like he's, he's really (laughs) great in the catch and shoot. You feel me? Uh, But we cannot have him dribbling a basketball. Nico Batoon has not performed well, right? At all. And I've been looking. Not good. Now going into this podcast, Drew, I had a full, I had a full set of notes, right? About what we're going to do in game three. And you know what I'm going to do with this, Drew? I'm just tossing it because there, there's no (laughs) notes needed. All right. I had this really great play on, I think tonight adjustments for game three 
are going to be, we're going to need Rocco to come off the bench. I want length yes. and I want Rocco on DeAndre Ayton or at least to have some time on Kevin Durant, right? Give give Kawhi a little bit of a break. Yes. And I want the length. If Nico's not performing, let's let's get Rocco out here. That was my mm-hmm. plan for tonight and see how that works. Now, as of two hours ago, Kawhi Leonard is not playing a game three sprained knee. <laughs> You're going to get Rocco for a different reason. <laughs> Rocco's definitely playing tonight. And for, for, for crying out loud, Morris is probably going to get off the bench play now, unfortunately. So I want to yeah. say two things really quick before I, before I let you go in on this. Sure. I cannot believe this is happening again. When when they came out saying that Kawhi Leonard has a sprained knee, I remember exactly the play. They haven't even oh, mentioned yeah. what play it is. I remember the play. It was he was taking it hard to the paint on three people. He he planted really hard on that knee, and he ended up falling to the ground. He didn't get the 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 foul call as usual. Kawhi doesn't get calls like everybody else, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> and then the Clippers come out and say it's day to day, and I'm like, okay, well, sprained knees aren't day to day. Just come out like I've said this on the show so many times. Say it's a sprained knee, and he's done. He's done. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now the day to straight. The day to day sounds promising. All right. Sounds yeah. really promising, especially when we're seeing clips of Paul George, you know, before the game looking really good and getting good reps up. Right. He looks like he he's ready to play and whatnot. So uh, it's 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 so frustrating, Drew, that it's just we're at this same point at point every season in this podcast where I have to make an excuse or it's oh, whoa, me. I'm blaming it on the curse. One hundred percent. Now I'm <laughs> I'm going all in on it because that's what it exactly what it is. Now, that being said, the Clippers are going to win the game tonight. The Clippers, oh. we're going to win the we're going to win the game tonight, and tonight is going to be a legacy game for Russell Westbrook. Not, and he's already had a few of them uh, recently, right? Sure. Tonight is going to be a legacy game for Russell wow. Westbrook. We are going to win the game in a la Memphis Grizzly fashion. Yeah, yeah. Last night. Right. I think we have the firepower to do it. It's I, I think it's going to be difficult, right? But yeah. when teams aren't prepared for these, that's how they, like the Lakers were last night. And we'll talk about Xavier Tillman and Tyus Jones and like all those guys. But when when people are so Kawhi-centric, right, it's easy to try to work your defense around focused mm-hmm. on Kawhi. But now I need Russ. I need Norman Powell. I need Nico Batum. I need Robert Covington. I need Mason Plumlee. I need these guys to step the hell up tonight. We're at home. Let's feather the nest, if you will, a little bit, get one more at home and make this a fucking series, not lay down this game. We have to win tonight or we are in some deep shit. Talk to me, Drew. (laughs) Well, look, the Kawhi news today is, is befuddling. It's confusing. It's confounding. I don't understand because to me, Right. If 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 we're going to believe what they said is true, it's a, it's a tweak to the knee, but he's day to day. If you're day to day and it's game three of a series that's one and one, you fucking play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you play that game. Right. Mm-hmm. So if if I think you're reading the tea leaves and I think you might be onto something because this this there's a history here with Kawhi, especially, but with the Clippers kind of keeping things a little closer to the vest. And tactically, that makes sense. You don't want to necessarily give your opponent you know, some sort of uh, extra boost of confidence by quickly saying that Kawhi is going to be out for two weeks or whatever. But uh, if he is, in fact, only day to day, he needs to be on the court. And the fact that he's not going to be playing this game is pretty devastating. Um, you can't load manage in the playoffs, Drew. Let's just put it that way. Okay? That's exactly right. That's right. what load management is for, is for the regular 
season. So when the playoffs come, you don't. And we're over four. We're over four with that, Drew. <laughs> Exactly. That, that has not worked for us. It doesn't either. work at all for the Clippers. No. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that really is, it takes a lot of the wind out of the sails, right? Because, you know, first and foremost, getting game one in Phoenix changes things, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you lose game two the way that you did, uh, tough, tough game to lose, but still one and one, you have the home court advantage now. As soon as you get that first win as the away side uh, at the home arena in the first two games, you, the, you have everything on your side. So even coming home one, one, but now I don't know. I don't know if the Clippers can win. I I think there's something uh, to your point where sometimes teams can get relaxed when Kawhi, somebody like Kawhi is their opponent and he's out and they go, Oh, cool. We, we got this one in the bag. And that's when teams like the Clippers or like the Grizzlies, as you mentioned, can go out and surprise the team that that is like, all right, well, we should we should just be able to walk out there and already have this game won. Uh, and you guys are scrappy, <laughs> and and you're deep, and you are deep, and and that's something you mentioned. Phoenix is not; they're shallow. Uh, they're the opposite of deep. Yes. Phoenix has no depth. They're, they're, they're playing Booker and KD are playing forty minutes. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 Chris Paul is barely even good enough to be playing that many minutes. Mm. And I know he had a better game too. Game one was atrocious. It was. Game one was everything. <laughs> game one was was watching exactly what could happen to Phoenix as they potentially lose this first round when everyone has them going to the finals and certainly everyone picked them over the Clippers without mm-hmm. Paul George. Uh, so I watching that unfold game one and and I will say I was in Hawaii finally uh, to catch a little bit of game one of the Clippers and then the rest of the games up until now. So I am caught up for the majority of the playoffs, thankfully. And there is a scenario where the Clippers are able to win tonight and it's Russell Westbrook doing That's triple it. double Russell Westbrook. Yep. It, it It is him running amok and having eight turnovers, but having 12 assists, 14 mm-hmm. boards and 37 points. It's going to be one of those kind of nights if you guys are going to do it. And that means the 12 assists, uh, guys that he passes to have to finish, right? Yep. So that's where Batum needs to make make a goddamn three, Batum. Uh, Roko got to have to make him. Team man. And Eric Gordon was fine. He's letting him fly. He'll, he'll make his shots. But everybody else is going to have to do that in order for them to win. Now, the Phoenix side of things, which is something I do want to touch on because you obviously were focused on your team. Uh, Phoenix, I think, still doesn't know exactly how to play together, right? You can see that. And I think they're also... At times, uh, Chris and and Katie and Book are looking around, going, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! That's who's that's who we have coming in. That's, that's the guy that's coming in now. Shamit's coming in. Shamit, this is this is our next best guy. It's like right. shit, shit. We got to do this alone. I think they're. I really think they're feeling that right now because, um, I don't know. At least to me, there's been moments where I'm watching Kevin Durant out there not being a hundred percent. With his athleticism, not not going a hundred percent hard, uh, because I think he's nervous about tweaking an ankle, getting injured, and then, and then that really being a wrap for this team. Because if CP Book or Kevin Durant goes down, there is no hope for this Phoenix Suns team. Now, Durant has been fantastic. I think Devin Booker has been fantastic. Uh, they still undervalue and underappreciate DeAndre Ayton. And most importantly, as you mentioned, Torrey Craig is knocking down shots because they're you, the Clippers are just leaving him wide open, and he's he's going okay. I can I'll just keep shooting this, and and right now they're dropping. So, but the funny thing about that is, is if Torrey Craig, especially in Game One, if Torrey Craig has, hit. 
If yeah, Tory Craig has, has 12 points instead of 22 points, that it's game is, is a oh boy, that's yeah. an ugly, ugly, ugly first game mm-hmm. for the Suns. And then in the second game, he had a, another fantastic performance. Uh, and it's really lifting that. So if he even if if uh, CP and Book and and Katie and Aiden all play their normal game, they desperately need Tory Craig to continue to do this in order for them to stay competitive, not not just win games, to stay competitive in this series. Uh, or, of course, maybe somebody can come off the bench and, and, and lift them, as we have seen in the past. Shamit can certainly do that, uh, but not against this Clipper team. The Clipper team, I think, punks Shamit a lot. Uh, but look, man, if you're the Phoenix Suns, you, you, you delivered what the Clippers need to do tonight. Let me, let me deliver what the Phoenix Suns need to do tonight. Come out and get up by 12 immediately. There is no waiting tonight. You've got to punch this Clipper team right in the fucking mouth and, and – Tonight, with no Kawhi, no Paul George, put whoever the hell you want on Russell Westbrook. I don't know if that's Torrey Craig. It's definitely not Chris Paul, and it's definitely not uh, Booker or Kevin Durant. But whoever you want to put on Russ, that's fine. And keep circling through guys on him. Like, not those top three. You, you can't, No foul trouble for CP, Book, or KD. Put the other guys on Russ. Make him go around and make him score 45, make him score 50, but really lock down the rest. Uh, and then play your normal game. They should, I mean, really, if you think about it, not from a, just a Clippers point of view, the Suns should win this game by 12, 12, 15 points. The Suns should win tonight. They should. Yeah. But now I said how I was obviously the Clipper conjuring and I'm buying into the curse, but I'm also <laughs> very optimistic with this this fact is we have a team full of vets. We're going to be ready, right? Yeah. I think Russell Westbrook is going to thrive in this situation being that it's like, okay, there is no Kawhi. There is no Paul George. I'm the next alpha up, right? Like Norm isn't going to lead us to a victory tonight, right? Somebody needs to lead. And that's what Russell Westbrook likes to do. He's going to lead by example, whether, whether it's a three for 19 game or not, he's going to be ready. (laughs) He's going to show up. Okay. Everybody else does as well. Shots are going to have to fall. You know, Zubox going to have to be big. We're going to, I, I really think that they're not going to play Zub as much as, like Plumlee's had good minutes. I think we need to go smaller, man. I think we need to go smaller mm-hmm. with people that are going to be in the chest. And that's what Rocco likes to do. Hands in the lane. And yep. he's he's always due for one of these games. Like every month, Rocco's due for like one good game. Doesn't get yeah. off the bench for a while, then drops 26 or something like that. And it's important to get Russ space in the lane. You don't mm-hmm. want Zubak in there clogging the no. space in the lane for Russ. You want Russ and four shooters. So if you can get Batum, Rocco, whoever, whatever the four, Norm Powell will definitely be playing a lot. Terrence Mayo will definitely be playing a lot. Those guys, if you can let Russ get to the lane and hopefully get DeAndre Ayton in foul trouble, then then there's then there's some recipe for success here. I think, look, the one thing I did notice about the last game, which Clippers, unlike a lot of other teams in the NBA, there was a lot of bitching going on to the refs, like a lot. Norm was mm. doing that. Norm's like go-to move now is trying to get that foul in the lane, like the swipe through foul. Yeah. He tries it all the time. And, and, and when he first started on the Clippers, it worked every time. Now they're kind of, the refs are kind of honed in on him and they're mm. not letting him get those calls. We were bitching a lot. Zubak won't stop bitching at the refs. <laughs> and I think Ty, even Kawhi, when Kawhi's bitching a lot, you know, that something's not going right i think we need to focus on not doing that look to be positive clips on this best case scenario drew listen to my best case scenario yeah best case scenario clipper nation is we win this game tonight right it gives if Kawhi needs another game off or whatever it is it buys time for Kawhi, and it's Mm. buying time for paul george 
It is because the way I'm looking at Paul George, I think he's looking good, man. Yeah. I think I think there. I think no matter what, even. I think the plan is going into the second round. Paul George will be there. I think if push comes to shove game seven, I think Paul George will be there. I really do. And I'd like to get more information on Kawhi. If this is a precautionary, is this the same knee? Is it a sprain? It's not the same knee. It's it's not not the same knee as the injury. It's a different knee. Okay. So look, if anybody's, if anybody's meant to have a legacy game tonight, it's Russell. And I just want to say this too, even if he has a fucking horrible game, He's been great for us, man. He yeah. really has. And, and no, I don't care what you say, not you, Drew, specifically, but what the media and what Clipper Nation says. What Russell Westbrook has done is some, is is shit that no way Reggie Jackson or Luke Kennard would be able to do, okay? And I love seeing Luke thrive in, yeah. in, in Memphis. I do, and we're going to talk about them in a minute. But what Russell Westbrook is doing has been absolutely amazing. People had him staying on the team for three weeks. Talk to Bill Simmons about this. Bill Simmons thought he was going to be out of the NBA. He's been great for us. Uh, it's kind of, I feel like we're due for a horrible Russell Westbrook game. Like we, we're, we're kind of thinking that that's due to happen. But Russ being Russ and his resume and being in these situations before, I think Russ woke up this morning choosing violence, bro. I think he mm. woke up this morning choosing, I'm going to show the world tonight that I can win this just like I did for all my years being the alpha guy. I'm going to be the guy that leads the Clippers to victory tonight. And they have no one to stop him. Right. That's the other side of things. Like they, they, they are not built to stop guards like him. It's Devin Booker. If you want to be, if, if, if there's one guy on their team that they should put on Russ and he can't stop Russ and he can't stop Russ and he'll get into foul trouble. Russ will get him into foul trouble if they do that. So it, it it is lining up for that to happen. I just don't know. Even if that happens, it's, uh, it'll probably still be a close game. <laughs> it, it probably will. Yeah, it, even it probably if he goes will. Off. It, it just took the wind out of my sails today because for sure. Even after that game two, and I'm like, okay, we got we can adjust. And if this is just we just have Kawhi and the rest of our team is healthy, after by game three and game four, we should have made all the adjustments that need to be made. Right. Yeah. We just saw that KD and Booker get off, get a lot of their their shots uh, uncontested, and 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 Deion. Andre Ayton getting 15 like open jumpers from 15 feet is is not going to happen again. The wind is out of my sails, but I think it'll blow some life into us if we can get a victory tonight at home. I'm also going to ask Clipper Nation to step the hell up for this playoff yeah, game. Got to bring it. Got to bring got, it. Got to bring it. I have to bring it tonight. And Sacramento's setting the bar. So look, it's fucking a. If we don't look, if we don't want another two hour pod. You you got my take and or well, you got one more take. I know through? the Kawhi's out. Hold on, I, we know the Kawhi's out. Is Scott Foster in for the Clippers tonight, or is Scott Foster? That doesn't matter anymore. Oh, that, I, that's why I'm bringing it up is because Chris Paul got over the hump, but he's still only one in fourteen. So Scott Foster still has a hell of a record against him. You can't can, have to can put in a call to the league to get Scott Foster in LA tonight. Well, you can't you can't referee back to back on the same. Oh game. man, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Okay, well, maybe at least maybe, uh, I just, game, honestly, four, too, maybe dude, game four, Scott Foster will come to the rescue. Look, man, going off of that, too, I think there's been so much talk, even going into last season, about that number of Scott Foster of being 0-14. There's no way Scott Foster could have let that be 0-15. Like, it literally, you, you could not. Or Adam Silver. Adam I, Silver as well. <laughs> you cannot let that be 0-15, dog. So, you know, maybe yeah. that's why Kawhi wasn't getting those calls. I don't know. But let's move on. It's 1-1 Clippers Suns. We got 1-1 now with Lakers Grizzlies. Lakers came out game one, super aggressive. Obviously, Ja got hurt. 
The wrist is, uh, it's not broken, but he didn't play the rest of that game. He didn't play in game two. Um, Anthony Davis was shooting hand. It's his shooting hand. He says he can't grip a basketball right now. I think things might change going into game three. I don't know, uh, being back in LA, but, uh, I mean, AD and Reeves and Rui, I mean, playoff Rui is up there with like playoff Jimmy and playoff Kawhi. He's, he's, he's that guy. Um, they won the first game. And then last night against a depleted Memphis team, they got outplayed and AD got outplayed. And the, the, the others, as far as like the big body, Roddy, the, the, uh, evil Jamal Murray had a big night. Xavier Tillman was the X factor last night. Xavier Tillman just got like, that just got his payday. I think every team in the NBA could use a guy like Xavier Tillman, uh, with 22 points outscoring and out rebounding AD, uh, LeBron did LeBron things, but then the guys, I mean, Rui was great too. But they just got outplayed, man. The Conchars, the the big body Roddies, the Tyus Jones, who, you know, everybody wants to talk about. He's the best backup point guard in the NBA, which he is. Uh, he doesn't make mistakes. His assist to turnover ratio is eight to one, right? Like this guy could probably be a starting point guard for anybody in the NBA. Now, also, this is a crazy stat, man. Is like Memphis is 33 and 17 without Ja. They're yeah, two and they're two really in the good playoffs without, without they're good without them. <laughs> yeah, they're good without them. Anybody that says they're better without Jaw is stupid. That makes no sense. But right. real good NBA teams can play without their stars, and they're missing a lot of stars. That's why Memphis is giving my Clipper team so much hope right now. But <laughs> when you have a guard at the helm like Tyus, you're seeing how good this kid is, man. Like he doesn't make mistakes, he mm. makes the right play. And I mean, when you have shooting Luke, Luke was great too. So I think, I just think the Lakers got outplayed. We'll talk about the Dylan Brooks piece in a second, but what's your take one, one going back to LA. Yeah. This game two specifically was all about effort. That's all that was. The Lakers are a team uh, that unfortunately play to their level of competition. I think the the worst news for the Lakers was that John Morant was out. We get up for games like this playoff game if the stars align and are there. It was the worst thing that, like, you know, because we were all gassed in that first game. Aggressive, really good. LeBron, I don't think, had a – I mean, statistically, had a good game in game one, but it was not a pretty game from LeBron. But we were all over the place. And and Rui Hachimura, it happens to be Japanese, so I did get a couple uh, shots of him making some shots (laughs) in Japan. Uh, people love him, and uh, his nickname is now Rui Hibachimura because Ooh. that dude is cooking. It's He's playoff cooking. playoff Rui Hibachimura, mm. and it's not even close. The guy at 29 points, he ties the all-time record with Michael Thompson for the most points off the bench in Laker playoff history, uh, and then comes back with a, another fantastic night in game two. Anthony Davis shit the bed. That was one of the worst performances I have seen of Anthony Davis. Lackadaisical, getting bullied, he, and, and that's the weak Anthony Davis that people complain about and are, and are right about complaining about is not the injury stuff. I think that gets overblown. It is the frail nature with which he played that game and allowed Xavier Tillman and Roddy and Santi Aldama for crying out loud Conchar. to push him around and Conchar. get him and Conchar swatted his shit Beat his right shit. at the rim, right at the rim. Twice. Uh, so, yeah, man. And so like, that's just inexcusable to me. 
Uh, and that to me, all of it was surrounding the lack of effort put, put forth once the news about jaw was released. I think the Lakers were like, dope. We got this shit series series is a wrap. We're going to go back to, Oh, it's one of those things where we talked about earlier. They just thought they were going to walk out and, and they were going to be handed the W that night. And that's not the case when you have an excellent player in Tyus Jones. And when you have guys who, who hustle, say what you want about Dylan Brooks, that dude plays hard, right? Everyone on that court for that team was playing really fucking hard that night. And you want to talk about, uh, which I'm I'm sure we're going to get into in the Warriors Sacramento series. You want to talk about uh, a sternum contusion. Jaron Jackson and David Roddy literally landed on top of each other in that first half, bro. And they both popped up just fine. They weren't nearly on the ground for as long as DeMontis fucking bitch ass Sabonis. Oh, okay. We're about to get into that. Oh, we're going to get into that. But uh, that shit is what it's about. It's about those guys just playing balls to the wall, saying to themselves, we're not going to go easy tonight just because jaws down. And because they do have the track record of performing without jaw, they, I think they were confident enough in their abilities and especially in, um, in, in Tyus Jones, uh, ability to, to just keep the, keep the, keep the progress moving in the right direction. Uh, so shit, shit start from the Lakers. Austin Reeves was fantastic in game one, not so good in game two. They're starting to figure out, you just got to be physical with Austin and it throws them off a little bit. Uh, but let's get into the LeBron Dylan Brooks thing, because I actually, I think I have a counter take to what most people would, I love this shit. Uh, I love Dylan Brooks doing this to LeBron. Uh, I hate Dylan Brooks, but it's, I love to hate. I love to hate these guys. I'm glad that we have guys in the NBA that are worth hating like this in the way that I used to really dislike Patrick Beverly in the way that people, you know, tend to dislike Grayson Allen uh, for different reasons. I love to hate Dylan Brooks and it is just so much fuel for the hate fire that I have for Dylan Brooks and should finally, you know, maybe wake the fuck out of LeBron and say, dude, can we, can you, when you're looking out and you're seeing Anthony Davis go two for 11 in the first three quarters, maybe step up a little quicker here and start taking the ball, to the basket, put the matters in your own hands. Uh, but the last thing I'll say, and then I'll let you go is uh, this type of mentality from Dylan Brooks, while I don't like him is very important for the game of basketball, very important for the playoff atmosphere of basketball. Too many guys are buddy, buddy with LeBron in this league and have been that way since he's been in the league, potentially set up by him where in the Jordan days, Jordan was getting punched. I mean, we, we, sometimes we over-exaggerate how physical the game was in the eighties and nineties, but guess what? Nobody was like, Oh, Mike, we, can we trade jerseys after the game? Oh, Mike, you want to go for a steak? Right. Oh, Mike, can, you want to come over to my house? We'll have some glass of wine together and a cigar. No, fuck that. I was not there to be Mike's, you know, uh, pat him on the ass and be like, good game, Mike. Uh, you know, in, in the way that Space Jam, when he strikes out, people are like, oh, you strike out, but you look good, Mike. When you strike out, you look good. When you strike, when I strike out, I look bad. None of that shit was happening from Dylan Brooks, and I appreciate it, and I think it's important for the game. I, I like that take. I do, because, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen any, at least basketball player, lean in to being the most hated guy. Like, this guy really, at the beginning of the season, or at the end of last season, really leaned into it. Like, dude, I'm, I'm going to make motherfuckers hate me, right? Yeah. I'm going to change the way I dress. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really lean into being the heel, right? The heel being the fucking bad guy in wrestling, right? And to what you, what you said, like, nobody's ever talked like that to LeBron 
ever. Never said anything like that. Respect. And I also, so they do every, and I'm sure Dylan Brooks has a lot of respect for, for LeBron. He just knows he what that came out and said that after the fact, he said, yeah, I have a lot of respect for LeBron, but when I'm on the court, right. That is all gone. I also think that that might be strategy going. Cause all we're talking about now is like, Oh, well, Braun's going to drop 50 at home, right? Like he's going to go for 50 at home, but maybe Which that's I what hope Mem- it happens. Well, yeah. But maybe that's what Memphis wants, like to be LeBron centric, right? Cause the way the, 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 the way that the Lakers win is through Anthony Davis when he plays well, when LeBron's passing the ball, like, look, LeBron made that right pass to Schroeder in the corner for that big ass three in game yes. one, right? That yes. was all LeBron based. LeBron was outsmarting Dylan Brooks last night. You saw there was a couple plays where like LeBron went to the, was in the paint, waited for the double, the triple team, and then the inbounds pass. Like, that was a set play from LeBron. LeBron, you saw him drawing up a play out of timeout, which worked, right? LeBron's always playing chess. Now, it makes it easy to hate Dylan Brooks, right? And you and I have said on this show and together, like, fuck, I hate him, but I would probably want him on my team, right? In a foxhole, you probably want Dylan Brooks on your team. What makes people pissed off about this is, like, the way people talk shit when we think of, Mike and Kobe and KG and stuff was very subtle stuff. It was that little attaboys where Michael, Michael and Larry would walk up to you and be like, bro, I'm going to torture your ass. Right. And, and Mike didn't need any, any extra motivation or Kobe didn't need any extra motivation. And KG didn't need extra motivation from like people blatantly talking shit about them. They would find something within themselves. Like, Oh, this guy didn't wear my shoes tonight. I'm going to light him up. Right. Right. Oh, this guy didn't like my Instagram post. I'm going to light him up tonight. Little little things like that. Now, with Dylan being so outrageous with it and then having the costume to go with it, it just reminds me of wrestling, man. It reminds yeah. me of Mean Gene Oakland, you know, uh, meeting <laughs> with Hulk Hogan after, you know, before the match. And you're, you're saying all this dialogue to, to talk shit and to rile everybody up, right? Yeah, it feels That's like what it was a, a script a little bit. A hundred percent it does. And yeah. I, again, I just think he's leaning into it really hard. I, I, uh, you, you have no leg to stand on Dylan Brooks. You've won nothing. You have won zero defensive players of the year. You've won zero championships, nothing. Right. So to go at the King, it just seems a little, uh, a little played bro, a little scripted to me that you want to do that because in actuality, like we're talking about this Russ legacy game. Like I want to see Russ have this legacy game. I also now want to see Dylan Brooks get his ass handed to him by LeBron, right? <laughs> like I really do. And I don't have no skin in the game. There's part of me that obviously wants to see the Lakers lose. Like if the Clippers are going to lose in this series, I want the Lakers to lose in the series, but I also love LeBron a lot. And I do like everybody on the Lakers. So it's hard for me, but I have to keep up my yeah. little shtick of like, I have to just be pro Clippers all the time, but I also don't like the Memphis Grizzlies. All right. I don't, <laughs> but I love Luke Kennard. Right. And we like watching yes. jaw. Uh, we, I, I like, it's hard to hate Desmond Bain. It's hard to hate fucking yeah. uh, uh, Jaron Jackson jr. Especially after winning defensive player of the year. And it's hard to hate how these guys play. They showed you last night that like, yo, we could take this ragtag and I'm saying ragtag group because look, when you looked at the lineup, when you're seeing the lineup and you're like, oh shit, Tillman, Santi Aldama, Tyus Jones, Dylan Brooks, and fucking John Conchar in the game and they're out playing. That means you're extremely well coached and that your players have bought in to what's going on. So with that being said, 
I don't know what's going to happen in game three. I don't know if Jaws playing or not. I think he's going to play. Uh, I also think it's a little weird how Lakers have gotten three days, three days rest in between games, right? No, nobody mm-hmm. else. Clippers have played every other day. And the key, the Golden State Warriors got two and three days off before this next game. I don't understand why that's a thing, Drew. And maybe is that me being conspiracy? Is that fair? at all <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon just won six man of the year by the way he won six man of the year right now oh, good. shout out to Malcolm Brogdon yes um look I think the Lakers are going to take this series man and I know that we didn't do a whole lot of uh you know pick them you know we couldn't we, we didn't know whole, we missed that whole wave it's fine uh I do I I would have picked the Lakers to win this series I think we still will win this series the truth of the matter is as bad as a performance as it was from the Lakers they got it to six points with three minutes left yep and then it got a little bit out of hand so if you you know especially if John Moran is not going to be on the court there's no Steven Adams there's no Brandon Clark every once in a while Anthony Davis has a shit game like this he does every once in a while he has a stinker it happens during the regular season you just go like whatever happened Desmond Bain elbowing him in the head three times during a jump ball and made weird. his eye bleed, and that, that just, so you know, weird. that I think that just threw him. I, and then after that, he was just like, uh, I don't know, just kind of like laughing it off. It's kind of like of when, when AD gets punched in the mouth and it, like he starts to bleed, like when he gets hit in the face, he kind of backs up and just gets really timid, like, oh shit, that really hurt. You know, like, oh, you hurt my feelings, you know, like, and then he's a shell of himself because that's exactly what he was. And then maybe he gets in his head where it's like, why is this Tillman guy scoring on me every single time? What's going on here? Right. Yeah. I, well, the Tillman points weren't entirely on Anthony Davis. That was a lot of our defensive rotations right. and people not being uh, locked in. And I, you know, heaven forbid I talk about D'Angelo Russell because oh my Lord. the truth of the matter is nobody played worse than him. I, Anthony Davis had a bad game. D'Angelo Russell was like God awful. Uh, so I just, especially if John Morant's not going to be involved the Lakers are definitely going to win this series. And I think we win it even if he comes back and is good to go for the next rest of the games. Uh, but the truth of the matter is we we can't just show up and expect the W, like I talked about. Right. You have to play. This team is talented enough. They're 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 the two seed for the reason that they are, and and that's and that's a that's a true deep basketball team, even though they've had massive injuries uh you know take place here. Um and I do want to shout out Desmond Bain as well, because that guy is nice. He is nice. And I don't know why we can't figure out that he is the number one scoring option for this team without John Morant. Like, it's not hard. He's I think the, it's per 300, per 300 three-pointers, the one and two in the NBA are Luke Kennard and Desmond Bain as, a, as the best shooting percentage, which is impressive. There you go. And, and this brings me to my last point. I'm actually glad that you mentioned Luke's name, because what was the one thing that you talked about the most when Luke Kennard was on the Clippers? Defense. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what's the last thing that we did to Luke Kennard every second that he's been on the game? We have not attacked him one fucking time. Zero. Not once yep. have we attacked Luke Kennard. Uh-huh. And it's it's about time that we focus on some of these mismatches that are clearly going to be out there. If Luke's going to be on the floor, fine. We're going to have to defend him. He's going to make his shots. But we cannot allow his plus minus to get into the positive. He has to be a negative for that Memphis Grizzlies team by us attacking whoever the hell he is guarding. Austin Reeves can go right by him. Schroeder can go right by him. If it's Hachimura, Troy Brown, I mean, Troy Brown's probably the one that, and Vanderbilt, <laughs> neither of those guys can seem to score a damn bucket right Built now. Built different hasn't uh, been, but, hasn't been doing too well. No, Vanderbilt different is, uh, is struggling offensively at the moment, but uh, you know, 
that's the other thing too is is i think some recognition of the mismatches including when rui hibachimura is out there we do a good job of getting him post touches as soon as there's a switch let's take that advantage with everyone else that's out there right where is luke Kennard? okay let's feed that guy uh, and then where are the where are the mismatches? Where are the switches happening? Let's get let's get that guy the ball and let's trust that he can make a play. Um, but look, man, that's about as bad as a, of a, a collective performance as we can have as a Clipper as a Lakers team. Uh, outside of I think LeBron played pretty well and Rui Rui continues to play very well. Those two guys were it. The rest of us really did not play well, and we still got it to be a close game. I think we will handle this series. You know, you brought up D'Lo and. This is this is going to be an easy segue into Minnesota really quick, but this is like, look, man, playoff D'Lo is not a good basketball player. This is these are just facts. Okay, there was a complete meltdown last year. We talked about it at length last year. D'Lo is a solid, solid NBA basketball player, but when it comes to the playoffs, for whatever reason, he just does not shine, and that kind of like translates to what Minnesota has been doing as of lately, and like with the loss of Gobert in that game one. Right. And the playing with, game with the playing game, excuse me, with Jaden McDaniels breaking his hand, these guys, we had just did a full podcast talking about how deep they are and how we think that they oh, can give God. some people some problems. And then once again, the clips and drew curse, we cursed them. They had a complete meltdown for whatever reason, uh, Kyle Anderson, slow-mo and, and, and Rudy get in the fight on the bench, which is just so you never see this happening, right? Punches thrown on the bench. Uh, the breaking of the hand just reminded me of Amari Stoudemire back when he was a Nick and then he he punched the fire extinguisher wall. Then he's out for the series. You have to be smarter. Right. And then it was kind of the you same thing. Smarter than that. You have to dude. And, and they broke down in game one. Game two was a lot more fun against Denver. Like Anthony Edwards yeah. finally had a really great game, but it was a collapse at the end there. And Jamal Murray was phenomenal. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was really, really good. I just think that like, and, and you know who was good is Rudy Gobert was really good. The the, the, yeah. the issue with Minnesota to me is now Cat has like really resorted to being a three-point shooter. He really likes being behind the arc at 6'11, seven feet tall. And it's just and I and I get it, like you, it's hard to have Rudy and Cat in the lane at the same time, but figure it out, man. You got two bigs there. Yep. And Rudy, I thought, played really well. He was very aggressive. He was cleaning up the boards. He was dunking it. I they need to stop with the alley-oop to Rudy though. It's just doesn't work. It's not pretty. His timing is so far off. It just does not work, but I think this Minnesota shit's going to end quickly. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I don't want to spend time on Brooklyn and Philly either, but do you have anything to bring in for, for the Minnesota series at all? Uh, yeah, this is really important minutes for Jamal Murray. Very important minutes for Jamal Murray. The, the Nuggets are going to win the series, and you know if it's a sweep or five, whatever, they're they're going to win the series. But getting these kind of high volume reps at this level of competition in the playoffs again for Jamal Murray is very crucial for this team and Michael Porter Jr. as well, who's 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 looking good, uh, although still can't seem to make a layup. I mean, he has the same allergy that that Carl Anthony Towns has, uh, allergic to the paint, um, and so. Uh, 40, whatever, 40 or 41 that Jamal had 40 and Ann Edwards had 41. That was a lot of fun watching those guys go back and forth. Uh, but if Jamal can start clicking like, like that, you know, 40 is not going to happen every night, but the confidence with which he was taking and making shots and uh, making decisions with the ball, 
uh, very, nice, very important Drew. to this Denver Nuggets team because they're, yeah, they're they're going to get to the next round and and having them kind of, you know, purring on all cylinders and, and running smoothly as a unit is very, very important because as much as we, I'd like to think that they have a pretty deep team, the more I look at it, you know, the more shallow it gets in my head. And, and I, you know, maybe it's because they were, they were so shallow in the past that it just, it, because they got a little bit more depth, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's a deep, it's a deep team, but really it's not that deep. It's not that deep. Um, and then, yeah, also shout out to Aaron Gordon. I mean, just the whole, the whole Denver Nuggets team is getting a nice uh, check, you know, right now they're going, okay, we, we can take care of business here, uh, but let's, let's start being efficient. Let's start running things the, the right way in anticipation of whoever the opponent's going to be in the next round, because it's not going to be easy either way, either way you slice it, it's either going to be Phoenix or, or, or your team, right? The Clippers, that's who they're going to face next. So that's going to be a real challenge for that Denver team. So they got to get going. And I think they're in the right direction. I think just Minnesota, it's the same thing, man. Like they were down, I think 19 in that game and came back, they were up five. I think it's just, you know, we, we make a joke about it, but it's true, man. It's tight buttholes when it gets close there and they have literally no idea what they're doing. Like watching Minnesota. I mentioned this about Houston at the beginning of the year, watching Minnesota at the end of a close game is it's, it's horrible to watch. They have absolutely (laughs) no idea what they're doing. And we had brought up like, who's the man? Is it Gobert? Is it ant? Is it cat? And at the end of the day, it needs to be Conley. It needs to be Conley needs to be the guy that's going to make it happen. Right. It's just so much dribbling and then fouling. And then they just, and then the game's out of reach and then it's over. You go up five and then the better team just locks in and makes it really hard for you guys to score. And it's just really hard to watch. And that, you know, I go back to last year's playoffs where they just looked, it was that some of the dumbest shit that was being done. It goes back to D low. It goes, it was so horrible to watch. So uh, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, still thinks he's a part of that Minnesota team from last year. He's playing he exactly does. the same. It's he bad. Looks, he was two for twelve last night, if I'm not mistaken. D'Lo was, and a few of his shots weren't even weren't even close. Like it was, it was really ugly. So I like yeah. Schroeder way more than I like D'Lo for you guys. We have options right at the guard position. We have depth at the guard position, yeah. which is nice. So Austin so, Reeves, Schroeder, we got we got options. We, we had mentioned that I don't, you know, we don't want to waste our time talking about the Philadelphia Brooklyn series. I have nothing to say about that. That's going to be over really quick. Same thing with Boston, Atlanta. That's both of those series. We can just, those are, that's a wrap. Both. I do want to say something though, because we have to bring this up, right? Uh, Okay. We have to talk about Atlanta really quick. And, you know, everybody's been pretty hard on, on Trey young. I've been hard on Trey young. You've been hard on Trey young. And I think a lot of it's warranted. They came out with the new player polls of like, who's the most <laughs> overrated player. And it was Trey young. Right. And I, yeah. and I, Trey, Trey hears that dude. He hears, you know, he understands how the players vote. Like the most unliked player in the NBA is Trey young for whatever reason, overrated players, Trey young. There Crazy. has to be a reason behind that. But like, look, <clears throat> other than that, that playoff series with New York, where he was fat, fabulous. The last eight playoff games for Trey Young. I'm going to read you some stats here. Last eight playoff games for Trey Young. Nine for 22, two for two for eight three-pointers. Five for 18, two for 12, three for 11, six for 14, 10 for 20, one for 12, four for 17. You're not performing on the mm-hmm. biggest stage, dude. And in my, the way I'm looking at it is like, you're a max guy. You're a max guy. You got to at least be able to get, get me one victory. Or one series, right? We we asked Luca to do that, yep. right? Give me one series, and you're not doing it. We brought you in a new coach that you wanted, right? You you kicked three coaches out. You got a new coach. You got a new 
Robin or Batman, whoever you want to think DeJounte Murray is, right? And things just aren't working out. John Collins can't hit a shot to save his life. Capella, you're not worried about after out of five feet, right? It's just not a good basketball team. I think they need... Atlanta needs to figure out what they want. Honestly, dude, I would probably rather build around DeJounte Murray. Murray. I know that sounds weird, (laughs) but it is what it is. I think those numbers need to come to light. Those numbers, those field goal percentages, I just told you. When the lights are on and they're brightest, Trey Young's not showing up. Yeah, and they finally, somebody finally came out and said that, you know, trade options are being considered for Trey Young. And it's fucking, yeah, they should be. Like, they should definitely be options what what chicago want to do what does chicago want to do they they, they want to they want to take a stab at trey and maybe they give up zach or they give up demar and then you got to plug and play in your team you don't you don't have to really blow it up you just got to get rid of trey right <laughs> what is what does brooklyn want to do what does brooklyn would, nets want to do with all those wings would you do it different would you do it right now are you considering it because i yeah. me i'd consider what the value is what am i getting back for trey because it's exactly it's not- yeah you don't do it just just to get him off your team you right. don't do it for that it's not there yet uh because i think he's still from from what i understand the city of atlanta still likes trey young i think they kind of vibe with with his kind of like fuck you attitude that he has at times and certainly loved the shit talking that he was bringing to madison square garden in the knicks uh but i think i think you definitely look to see like all right can we get five first round picks for trey young no then, way no way can we, can we get can we get a a good couple players and three or four first round picks then 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 fucking let's do it you know what i mean like that's do you think that's the the ticket right now for trey rudy fucked up everything with this right the rudy deal messed up everything rudy Kyrie, and kevin durant all point to the fact that atlanta would get a pretty good fucking haul for trey young like if you're orlando would would you would you fuck around and say like hey let's bring what what do you let's see what trey got over here Mm -hmm. like there's a couple teams that would go why not like why not let's let's try it what what the hell is charlotte doing you what know? are they like, doing what are, what are they doing so you know like there's a couple teams where you just go okay like let's float it out there and and be smart and and look they got a smart gm right landry fields former nba player went to stanford for a reason he's a smart dude so he's hey, not gonna hey, he's not gonna Corver's there too corver's up there too assistant gm kyle mm-hmm. corver as well uh but Landry's the one pulling the trigger here on this stuff. And, and he's a, he's a very smart, he retired early because he knew he was smart enough to go and, and do this front office shit. So I think, uh, I think they won't make a dumb decision. I don't think they will. I think, you know, you could look at the DeJounte Murray trade and go like, well, that was kind of a dumb decision. I don't think that was a dumb decision either. I think they tried to give Trey some help in the backcourt and it, you know, it works out to an extent because DeJounte has been playing pretty well, obviously, uh, you know, over the course of the season and in this in this playoff series as well. They get 29 the other the other night uh, and he looks good. But, yeah, I do, I do think it's got to be Trey or it's got to be John Collins. You got to figure something out. Right. Something has to change. We've talked about John Collins has been in the in the rumor mill forever, but it, something has to change. And I think it, the easiest way out might be trading Trey Young and going to get some 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 really solid draft picks like shit man you know plenty of teams got valuable picks that they could use right now so i don't know i just i don't want to i I don't the the series does not entertain me in the slightest i think atlanta reminds me a lot of portland right like cool cool team you're not we're not doing anything no one's worried about you and and john collins has been in trade rumors since like grant hill bro like i think he was incredible 
It's been, he's been it's in been, trade rumors longer than he's been in the NBA. If anybody like. wants to get out of Atlanta, just get John Collins out of Atlanta because I can't go another year with trade rumors, right? And I think Definitely. John Collins would thrive on another basketball team. You know what I mean? I think he really would. Just get him another basketball team. I think he would do great on Dallas. Capella would have done great on Dallas too, right? How weird would it be if Trey Young and Luca end up on the same team? No way, no way that would that would happen. No, 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 yeah. that would be the worst basketball team ever. Are you kidding? They, 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 those two guys would score 100 points, and they would never cross. It would be like Lamelo and and uh, Leangelo in high school. That's what think, it would be like. It would be Chino Hills out here. Do you think Luca? I was thinking about this last night. Do you think Luca kind of got a pass with? The, the horrible season that happened this year. And then the season just ends and we go right into the playoffs and we like forget to really talk about what happened to Dallas. Right. He yep. needs, I, I know we, a lot of people hold Luca on this huge pedestal, but yo, you lost. Like you, you, it was a really bad second half of the season dog. And it's not all Kyrie's fault. It's not all front Definitely office's not. fault. They, they, it's something to blame there, but like, the season got to end, and then we're just done. We don't even have to talk about Luca anymore. I think he got a little bit of a pass, dog. I think so too, and 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 I I'm actually kind of happy that we don't have to talk about it though, because it, it was ugly there for a while. So I mean, Luca, he clearly needs to realize that if he wants to win a championship, he's going to have to play some sort of defense. Yep. If the roster is going to be organized like this, he's got to look around and go, "Oh fuck, I guess I'm going to have to move my feet a little bit on defense." And certainly when you have Kyrie, who's not a defensive stopper by any means, but can help you offensively, that should at least be like, you know, I don't know what Jason Kidd had to do or not. And I don't know how much Jason Kidd needs to be blamed for not getting Luca to play defense. And, and granted, he probably has never had to play it in his life. So it could be a, a real, you know, uh, culture shift for Luka Doncic. But it, you're right. Not it, everyone is, is to blame in this in this realm here. And I do think it's pretty obvious Kyrie won't be back there. Uh, maybe they'll do a, some sort of sign and trade deal for for Dallas, but I don't they think hope they hope you all Dallas hopes they can get a sign and trade out of this. That's what you well, want. look. I mean, the reason the reason that they tanked is because they think that Kyrie's going to straight up walk, and they don't know if they have a, a party to right. do the sign and trade with with Kyrie. So they tank. So they go fuck. At least we get a we keep our first round pick this year because <laughs> we traded away all these guys for something that really didn't work out well. And you know what, dude? Jason Kidd's not the guy. Jason no. Kidd's not a good coach. Just I'm I'm throwing it out there. And what's crazy is Jason Kidd's one of the best defensive point guards to like ever play. And you can't you can't right. teach Luca how to do that. You know, maybe it's just not well, the no, right. but defense is desire. Defense is desire, Clips. Right? We know this. Okay. Defense can be taught. He, I'm sure Luca knows all the things that how to play defense. I'm sure he knows to move your feet and don't reach and stay on the ground. And right. it, it, defense is desire, bro. That's all defense is. And he doesn't, you know, those guys don't have desire for that. Same thing with Trey. Then same thing. All right, so before we get into Golden State, Sacramento, which there's a lot to unpack there, do we even want to talk about Milwaukee, Miami? Because Miami took game one. Giannis gets hurt. Game two, which was last night, was a complete blowout. Everybody on, on the Bucks got off. They had 81 points at halftime. Uh, it was a, it, they just dismantled the whole Miami heat squad. I don't care about this series. I think the bucks are yep. going to roll at some point play. I, I want to give props to playoff Jimmy because even in play in Jimmy, like that, that dude's a real, like that guy's a real playoff lights are on basketball player, right? We all love Jimmy buckets heroes out with a broken wrist. I know hero isn't like, actually hero is so important to that team, but He's without, vital. He's vital to that team. That's fair. Uh, but I, I don't think we need to talk much about it, do we? No, I think um, 
I, I, I just, I desperately wish that Giannis and Hero weren't injured because yeah. it would have made for a good series. Uh, I still think Bucks and you know five or six because the Heat are just they're just tough to kill. They're one of those. There's one of those teams that you tough to put down all the way. Uh, but big shout out to Jimmy Buckets. Uh, that's a guy that I think if I'm Luka Doncic, I'm figuring out mm. a way to get that dude to Dow- to Dallas. That's what I'm mm. thinking um, because I want to play with that guy. Um, if I'm if I'm Luka. I don't know if I don't know if Jimmy wants to play with Luca though. You know, there, there's a whole nother thing there. But anyway, uh, yeah, Milwaukee's gonna roll. I, if I'm Milwaukee, I rest Giannis until uh, as you know as as often as possible. Right. Uh, you know, put him on the minutes restriction and and you know see how this goes because Hero going down while it's not Jimmy Butler and it's not Bam Adebayo. Hero is their second best offensive player. Has been that for I don't know two seasons now. And you only get one or two really good games from Max Struess, and and Lowry already gave up his thirty points. He's not. There's no way Lowry's going to touch thirty points again after that. No. You know, I think that what was that in the play-in game? I can't remember if that was game one or not. But he was great. He was unconscious. That. He was phenomenal. Yeah, it was 30, 33 points from Kyle Lowry. That's not going to happen again. He used it up too too soon. Um, so yeah, I think it's done and dusted. Uh, you know, Jimmy again might be able to claw out one or two if they can get it really. You know, slow it way down. Uh, but this Bucks team is just too good, even without Giannis. We've seen that over the course of the season. So yeah, Milwaukee's gonna—they're gonna roll. This is great. So while we're recording this podcast, the it's Philly and Brooklyn are playing right now, and it looks like Joel took exception after Nick's Cla- Nick Claxton tried to step over him. I heard there there might be another kick situation. What's up with the karate oh, kicks boy. in the NBA? This is a perfect segue, perfect timing yeah. to finally get into this Golden State, uh, Sacramento series which has been awesome it's what everybody wants to talk about i mean light the beam is a real thing those fans that city has been crazy all year that team is legit the golden state warriors are down 2-0 excuse me game three is tonight in the bay we have all the drama that happened with draymond and and domas sabonis with the with the kick a lot of people been hitting me up asking about what I think, what you think about what went on. And, you know, the way I'm looking at this is this. That was a four-point game when when Draymond stepped on Sabonis. And while I I believe he should have been kicked out of the game for that, right, I'm not necessarily sure about the suspension. But with Draymond, this has been going on forever. History does play a part in it. I want, to, I want to give some background on something really quick because Joe Dumars is the guy that makes the decisions, right? Right now on who gets suspended and who doesn't. So I'm going to read exactly. It's Dumars? It's Dumars. It's not Silver. Wow. Dumars, vice president, is the, is the guy that makes the decisions right yeah. now. I'm, sh- I'm sure Silver has the final say and whatnot. Right. But this is the reasoning behind the suspension. NBA executive vice president Joe Dumars discussed the league's decision to, to suspend Draymond Green for stomping on Sacramento Kings forward DeMontis Sabonis, saying the Golden State Warriors forward, forward status as a repeat offender played into the decision making. Here's what it came down to. Excessive and over-the-top actions, con- conduct detrimental, and a repeat offender. That's what separates this where you end up with a suspension, Dumars told Woj. So Draymond's been here before. This is nothing new. Immediately when that happened, I texted our boy, Jeff Crompton, and I said, what an idiot Draymond is, right? 
You have it's an it's a such a stupid play. You have it's to so stupid. It's so stupid and so Draymond, right? Now, yep. after you watch it a hundred times, yes, you're gonna see the people that's that you know he grabbed, you know, Sabonis grabbed his foot and whatnot. I'm looking at it like this. Draymond in that in that particular situation should have done the ultimate Draymond flop, right? Flop. First of all, no nobody flop. wants flop all day long, baby. flop all day long. It, 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 Draymond, stop acting like we didn't see you in game one. Literally lay on top of Sabonis so he could not get up and run down the court. The ultimate, it's like tripping the guy while you're down, right? And I'm sure Draymond's done that before. I saw you yeah. lay on top of Sabonis so he couldn't get up. No foul was called. Now, that step that he did on him was assault, man. It literally was. If that oh, happens. Oh, my God. Assault. Drew, look, bro. I put it this way. Let me put it in context for everybody involved here. Bradley Beal is getting sued for $50,000 for assault, for flipping the hat off a kid's head, right? That's fair. That's a very being fair charged point. as assault. All right. Am I, am I wrong? No, when you so put what, it in that context, it definitely, it definitely is worse than the hat flip. If, if I'm on the ground, in a fight, uh, and somebody walks up to me and steps on my chest, I'm getting that's a beatdown, bro. It's assault. Just because yeah. we're in a basketball game, the whole point of the, of the conversation is this Draymond needs to know better. And we're tired of this, Definitely. dude. And I'm sure the Golden State Warriors are tired of it. I'm sure the front office is tired of it. And then immediately, you know, he's calling the fan a pussy who's flipping him off. Cameras are seeing it, right? It's not a good look. And I also want to say this Joe Dumars and Draymond are friends. Draymond actually uh, has called Joe Dumars a mentor of his. Joe Dumars, if you you can Google it, they have their kids play AAU basketball together. Okay, Draymond and Joe Joe Dumars had said, "With me and Draymond, it goes way farther than basketball." Okay, so this is a friend of Draymond. This is somebody that doesn't want to have to do this to Draymond. But when you're a repeat offender like this, not to mention, don't think. That like after the whole Jordan Poole situation, when he met with oh, Silver God. or Joe Dumars, yeah. that these guys didn't say, bro, you're walking thin line right now. It's thin ice that you're walking on. So when you make, when you put yourself in a situation, Draymond's been suspended in the playoffs before many a times or a couple <laughs> times, yeah. excuse me. No, oh, yeah, it's, I think many is, I think three is many. <laughs> I, I, it's it's a stupid situation to put you and your your team on as, in, especially yep. being when the game is so close. If he would have flopped, done a, a normal Draymond flop, yep. uh, he's going to the line, and maybe Sabonis gets the tech, and you got Steph at the line. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Or whatever yep. happens in that situation. Immediately yes. when I texted our, our resident fan Jeff Crompton, and I said, "Bro, that's a stupid ass play," and and Jeff Crompton's like, "Yeah, he's probably podcasting about it already." Right. <laughs> and that's so true. So look, uh, while I think the fans are the ones that suffer in this situation, I think Draymond made the NBA play that card, unfortunately. And when you are a repeat offender, the, like you have to put the smack down. I said on, on a last show or the show before, like, yo, Draymond gets away with a lot of shit during the, the whole duration of a basketball game whether it's completely berating the officials or the fans or just the extra shit that he does, you can't put yourself in a situation to where the refs and the NBA have to pull the card on you. Yeah, that's fair. Look, I, in the context with which you have outlined the Beal situation where he is actually getting sued for knocking some dude's hat off. 
you're right. It's definitely worse than that. Now, the interesting thing here is uh, I think the in-game penalties, right? They gave Sabonis a tech, and then they ejected Draymond. Perfectly fine with that. Fair. The step too far is the, is the suspension here. And I don't like the repeat offense thing because I understand it. I understand that it comes into play. And I understand all that stuff. And that's why Draymond got ejected, right? That's where repeat offense and all that stuff. Cause, and, and, and the, the point that you made about Draymond passing on the decision to flop and really, you know, exaggerate and fall down and act like some, some bonus had really, you know, tweaked his ankle, which he, he very well could have, by the way, if Draymond didn't, if, if Draymond kept trying to run, there's a chance that Sabonis gets suspended here, right? Like if Draymond had legitimately just kept trying to run as opposed to like, oh, let me take this moment to just stomp on <laughs> Sabonis's chest for no reason. No reason. And and, and with no real dire Aggressively too, Drew, aggressively. It was, when you slow it down, you lose intent. I, I watched it a bunch in fast motion. It's not that bad. This is the part that, that, that really bothers me and something I alluded to earlier in the episode. Sabonis was ended up being the one that flopped. Man, that motherfucker was on the ground for for ten minutes. He was on the ground forever, like he'd been punched in the face by Evander Holyfield or someone just below Evander Holyfield. It, like that, the exaggeration with which he took that stomp, quote unquote, stomp to the chest was bullshit. I'm sorry. And oh, you went to go get X-ray? Did you go get X-rays for that? Oh my god, dude! He grew up in a household. We saw the clip of him as a young man. He grew up in a household with two older brothers than him that I'm sure, uh, being sons of Arvidas Sabonis, were giant-ass brothers. Probably. And and he probably got kicked in the face and in the chest at, at age eight and handled it better than he handled it that night on that stage. So he was the smart one in the situation. He milked it for everything it was worth. They went and all got x-rays. Oh, it's a chest contusion. Oh, my God. The crime of a goddamn river. That's the part that I hate. Now, Draymond is, was, was obviously stupid and wrong, shouldn't have done it, had an opportunity to really switch and turn the tide because DeMontis had a really good game in, that, in, that, in, in both of the games, but game two especially, and had a chance to really turn it away in, into a Warriors thing there, to a positive for the Warriors. And, of course, he did not. He let uh, his, his temper get the best of him, and he stomps on the guy, and he gets rightly ejected. So now he's suspended for game three, and... I'm trying to go. I keep going back and forth as to whether or not this is going to be helpful or hurtful to the to the Warriors. Because sometimes, you know, as good as Draymond is, he he's a he's an offensive liability at best. Uh, yeah, sometimes he sets amazing screens to get Steph and Clay open, but you know, screens can be set by others. And he, sometimes he he passes the ball really well, but we understand that he just won't shoot and and is not capable of making a good shot uh, from any sort of jump shooting prospect. And on defense, he's great, but, you know, he, he's not really stopping anybody as far as Sabonis is concerned. He's too small to, to guard Sabonis. Uh, and and I, I don't know. I think it may be freeing, might be liberating. And this also might be what we see. <laughs> uh, it could be a nice test for Steve Kerr and uh, Bob Myers and mostly Joe Lacob to see what the Warriors look like without Draymond Green, because that's a real possibility. Oh, it's over. It's over after this season. I think we're both on yeah. board with that, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think it's done. I think he's kind of it's ran its course, and it'd be it'd be great for them to kind of rally and uh, you know with him out, and then have him come back and and have one more final 
you know, go of it and beat the Sacramento Kings team. But the Kings can fucking score, man. And the Warriors at times cannot. <laughs> and, and the Kings defense has not really been the issue, which is what I thought it was going to be. I thought the Kings weren't going to be able to stop the Warriors enough. It's like it's just hard to keep up with this Kings team. That's just yeah. the truth of the matter where, where defense wins championships. Yes. But only if you your defense can slow this team down. <laughs> they can't. De'Aaron Fox is playing a, a really, really good amazing. basketball. Malik Monk continues to impress. Demontis Sabonis, uh, Murray, Herder. Uh, they just they have weapons. This team is confident. Davion and, Mitchell uh, gets a lot of time too. They like Davion Mitchell in the game, which is totally to me. And and I think the other thing is like De'Aaron Fox is bu- buying in on the defensive end, right? right? Whereas in in years past he hasn't. And they you know he's talked about it. J.R. Smith. He was he was uh, you know pointed out his clip about Matthew Delvadova playing for the Cavs and almost dying trying to guard Steph Curry and the Kings have made that much more of a of a team decision and they and Davion Mitchell is getting a lot of lot of <laughs> minutes on Curry uh, but then they do go to De'Aaron Fox at, at times and and I think he's doing very very well on both ends of the court so I'm fired up for this Kings team I do think unfortunately this Draymond suspension as it has in the past is really going to undercut the Warriors' chances of coming out of the series, whereas this was a series I definitely would have picked the Warriors. It would have been like a prove it to me, Kings. I'm going to pick the Warriors. You know, I'm going to go with this until you can you, you can prove me wrong kind of a thing. And thus far, they have done that. I, I, I just want to give them a lot of praise. Uh, and at, at, the, at least in that interaction with Sabonis and Draymond, Sabonis clearly won that one. Well done, Sabonis, you fucking weenie. Okay, but look, two things I want to push back on with you really quick. You mentioned about like Sabonis flopping and he's on this stage and Sabonis won that battle as far as the flop. This is another reason why the NBA is turning into the WWE, right? You got to sell this stuff. You got to act. It's part of it now. The flopping is a thing, man. It really is. And then how you take that flagrant foul or that hard foul how you take it is is based on if it's a flagrant or not. If you pop right back up, you're probably not going to get the flagrant. If you writhe, if you writhe in pain like Anthony Davis can do a lot, you know you'll probably get a better chance at a flagrant foul and, and a free throw. And I also like I get I don't understand why you don't think it's fair with the history stuff with Draymond. I think it's very fair and it should mm. be played into the factor if you're suspended or not, dude. The history part to me comes into play specifically for the moment in the moment. That's why you eject him. Uh, I think just to give an example, if this was an instance where Grayson Allen did the same thing, he would have been ejected, right? Uh, An instance where somebody else, you don't think they get suspended one game like Drew. No, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Grayson gets suspended the one game. And even though he has a very, you know, similar history to Draymond, I don't think he does. I, I and especially I don't think that's the case. I think there's a couple guys in that it, it, potentially it, it might always be an ejection, right? If you do that and they slow it down, they're going to look at it. It's probably an ejection for anybody that does it. But I think there's a chance that maybe you know, like if Steph did it, for instance, a smaller guy even. How about that? A very a smaller guy did it. Maybe it's a maybe it's a flagrant one or a technical or something like that, and it's not even an ejection and certainly not a suspension. I think that. You have to be disciplined, man. I do. I think that in high school, if you got five detentions, you got suspended for two days, right? Definitely. In the in in the real world, there's a reason why there's a three strike law. I'm not comparing what Draymond did or just done to like murderers and convicted sure. felons, but there's a reason why there's three strikes. Okay, one strike, 
slap on the wrist, two strikes. All right. You're going to jail three. You're going for life. All right. right. With Draymond, you've had all these opportunities and he's been on strike three a lot in his career. And I get it. It's part of your shtick. It's part of who you are. But like there has to be repercussions for acting like that. Nobody else is but doing that. But it wasn't that. the same thing. He didn't like kick. He didn't kick somebody in the balls. He didn't punch. It's not the same act. Drew, That's what I'm he saying. Literally, he, he stepped on the dude's. It wasn't a walkover. He literally stepped on the dude's chest. His, his foot had nowhere else to go. His foot had nowhere else to go. All right. The bonus held his foot to he his did. body. I'm with it. So bro. the foot had nowhere else to go. And 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 look, this I think this is the point that I'm making is if Draymond had done an exact replica of kicking Steven Adams in the balls or or elbowing LeBron in the nuts in this game, that is a repeat offense to me. That is a okay, you have not learned your lesson. You went after someone else's nuts again. We have to suspend you. This is a whole different circumstance. He's never had this happen. I don't know how many people in the history of the NBA have ever had this happen to them. Uh, but, you know, obviously Christian Leitner, a lot of people are going to bring up the Christian Leitner thing. It, that to me was also, it's a similar Christian Leitner thing. Tony, Tony Kornheiser brought it up on PTI the, the day after. And I was like, that's nail on the head right there. It's, it's just a Christian Leitner thing. And people will lean into that because it's Christian Leitner, just like we're going to lean into that because it's Draymond Green. I, it's not a repeat offense to me. This is a separate instance that Draymond has never been in before. I I think that the fans are the ones that are going to miss out on this because I do think yeah, we're that, screwed like, now. I think Golden's. <laughs> I know. Well, you know what, dude? I actually have Golden State winning tonight. I think they're going to win this to win one tonight. at home. There's no there's no losing this game. They're at home. Right. home. This is the Kings. They can't they can't get swept you, by the Kings. But they just, cannot. It's 87 mile difference between these stadiums. They cannot get swept in the in the 80 freeway series. That can't happen. So who do you have tonight then before we get Warriors. into Warriors? I'm, I'm picking the Warriors. I, got I don't Warriors think it's going to be easy. I think it's actually going to be an electric game. I think it's going to be a very, very fast pace. I think Kevon Looney is going yeah. to be the MVP. Kevon Looney is going to be the MVP for this Warriors tonight. It's going to be him. Kaminga is going to have to put in good minutes. Uh, but I think Looney's going to have like 19 rebounds. And it's just going to be one of those awesome Clay and Steph nights just launching threes. And I think, I think it'll be a close game, but I think the Warriors will win by like five or six. You took the words right out of my, my mouth. Kayvon Looney has to be yeah. huge tonight. Give me a final thought, Drew. We got to get out of here. We got games to watch. Okay, my final thought. I'm going to circle it. We're going to go all the way back to Japan. Oh, love it. My final thought is this. If, if you are at all interested, our audience members, and you clips as well, if you're interested in visiting Japan, please figure out a way to do it. It is a... Uh, a beautiful beautiful country and there's a lot to see and we only we only scratched the surface uh i drank so much sake and i ate so much food so many wings so i yeah, three different wings i again japan has everything for everybody it, whatever you want they got it over there but especially if you like good sushi and uh the wagyu beef is fantastic all of it the whole nine go eat your heart out it's a great eating destination and then there's also a lot of history i mean never never mind the thousands of years of history that they have there as well um however i'm going to give you a little inside story here a little inside scoop bring your own toilet paper ladies and gentlemen Uh, i would also suggest bringing napkins if you have it because the toilets in Japan are very hard to say goodbye to. They're fantastic toilets. They, 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 they greet you when you walk in. They say hello, and they open up, and they warm up. The, 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 the seat warms up for you. They got all the gadgets, all different buttons. 
that you could buy. They got the bidets, bidets for days. It's a dream of mine. It's phenomenal. And yeah, they're all, it's all sanctuaries. These toilets, even public restrooms. I I took, I took a a, a bathroom break at the top of a 45 story building uh, observation tower. It was the most pristine bathroom I've ever been in. I I respect Uh, that. Yeah. Tremendous. So the toilet experience, if we're going out of 10, it's a 12 out of 10 toilets. Beautiful. It's a zero out of 10 for the toilet paper clips. I don't know how they're doing this. I don't know what they do. I, it was, don't, it don't was, they use the bidet to clean their ass? And not, yes, and yes, not they the do. yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And, but then you, I mean, then, then what? They just walk around with a wet, wet ass. ass? Yeah, they, yeah. They, have to, they have to wipe something. They all smell good. Nobody smells bad in Japan. They're all very concerned about their body odor and, and, you know, and maybe you were doing it wrong. Maybe you were doing it wrong. I, like I must a- have been doing it wrong clips because the, or, 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 or the hotels and the places that I, that I visited the restroom at were just holding on to the, to the good shit. Like maybe they loaded up during the pandemic on that one ply, but I don't know what it is. Bring your own American toilet paper when you go to Japan. That's my final thought. And I know it's gross, but it's hey, not gross. If you, if you go, you're going to, you're going to know that I was right. <laughs> Well, I think that's great. I mean, totally different than we've ever done on a final thought before, but I think it's valuable. People need to know that, you know, dude, tips and tricks, tips and tricks with Drew. Also, I think I'm, I think I might be from now on going by Japan Drew. Japan Drew. It has a nice ring to it. Japan Drew. My, my full name for those that that couldn't figure it out is Andrew. It's not just Drew, Uh, but Japan Drew is how I think that's how I want to be known now, at least in Japan. I was really hoping you were going to do the podcast in your new kimono, but that didn't happen. You put on an Arizona. They don't sweatshirt. sell them in my size. I think that yeah. they'd still be over there trying to cut down a tree to make it for me. <laughs> hey, my uh, final thought is going to be really, really quick. But uh, it, it, this has been bugging me for like probably a month, and then it it got to a head the other night. I, I want people, and I want content creators and I, I just want everybody to stop with this him stuff like oh, oh, worst. oh like uh our boy uh what's our, what's our boy austin reeves i'm him i'm him john morant him donovan mitchell oh that's him Kawhi leonard he's him who is him who is him and what is all this him stuff who is and it how amazing for that company hymns like they, their their company should be sky. Can we buy stock in but hymns? Because Drew, can you just perfect. explain to me who is the him that we are hymning? I'm him. What, what, I'm him. He's him. Austin Reeves. Him. No, you're not. Austin uh, Reeves. I, I, dude, <laughs> can we just stop it? Because none of you guys are him. Whoever we're comparing it to, I don't know who the him is, but it uh, all needs to stop. Every night, it's somebody. Jalen uh, Brunson. Him. He's him. It's the lack of creativity from the youth that we have going on. I'm right. so over it. That's dude. what it is. Our, our, the, the youth, it's it's a youth movement that makes up a lot of these nicknames for us. And they're just struggling right now. I don't like, like it. I don't like was, it either. Somebody was like, oh man, that's him. He's him. And I'm like, well, who is the him? Like, is 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 the him Michael? Is that like who it's supposed to be? Is it Kobe? Is it the him Kobe? is 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 not a person? It is it's more of a an entity. Everybody can't be a, an entity. Drew, are we him? Are Clips and Drew him? Can I make a post that's just our picture and it says him? Oh, I think it? we found the name for this episode right here. <laughs> I was actually going to go with uh, Conjuring Clips, you know, because <laughs> that's just what the hell this is. Dude, we got to get out of here. We have a Conjuring Clips uh, game here in a little bit. Drew, it is yeah. really good to have you. Let's stop saying him. 
Bring toilet paper to Japan. It's it great to, Japan. to have you back, Drew. We need to be, we're going to be on it for the playoffs. No more week in between shit. We're going to be dropping like we need to be dropping. Maybe we'll drop one tomorrow. I don't know. If Russell Westbrook has a legacy game tonight, <laughs> I am recording after the game. We're doing another podcast, okay? <laughs> you got it. All right. So follow through the clips and Drew. We're back, y'all, and we're ghosts. <laughs>